Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to this, the Best of Rob Orton Daily Podcast August edition. I'd quickly like to take this opportunity to talk about something that I've been working on for quite a while now, and that is my new book. My new book is called I Strongly Believe in Incredible Things. It has been released on September 16th by Mudlark as part of HarperCollins Nonfiction. The book is basically everything I have to offer when it comes to drawing and writing. Its chapters include I Strongly Believe in Being Born. That chapter has pieces in about birth and the early stages of life. And then the next chapter is I Strongly Believe in Nature. Then it's I Strongly Believe in Water and uh, so on and so on. Some old pieces in there, some new pieces and so on and so on. And it's hardback and it has quite a lot of pages in it and is available to pre-order now. Details on my website, robauton.co.uk. Thank you. I'm still here. The episodes in this best of episode are A New Reflection. This is a piece about Clint Eastwood appearing in my mirror every morning, asking me if I feel lucky. I'm often in the throes of reminding myself that I'm lucky, whether it's having access to drinking water or having somewhere to dry clothes. But it's difficult to feel lucky all the time. I wish I could, but maybe I wouldn't get much done if I was too busy feeling lucky all the time. Uh, The next piece is called The Egg Debate. This is an episode about eggs and people's favourite use for an egg. Everyone's favourite use for an egg should most definitely be whatever the egg was meant for. Don't get me wrong, I interfere with eggs as much as the next person who does. And, I don't know, every time I have eggs, it kind of makes me realise how wild we are as a species. And we seem to think that we're this very prim and proper group of beings you know oh yeah 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 we're, we're so uh, we know exactly what the crack is oh hold on i'm just going to eat an egg that was meant for something else eating eggs the next piece is called red arrows to my head and it's a piece all about the red arrows and i'm a big fan of seeing planes and helicopters in the sky always have been really and no matter how often i see a helicopter i've still uh I've got a very distinct memory of going up to my auntie and uncle's house and then buying me a red Lego helicopter. And I remember the box and it was sunny at the time. Uh, Maybe that's where my love of helicopters comes from. And the next piece is called Memory Diffusion. This is about something that happened to me at school. I have a few memories of school, including one of my friends hitting someone on the top of the head with a snowball from what seemed like miles away. I think I'll always remember that. And then someone in my form who could burp the alphabet really loud. Just unbelievable. I've still never heard burps as loud as that. Another memory from school is one lunchtime when a huge crowd gathered around a couple and 
someone timed how long they could French kiss for. We were all cheering. It went on for, I think, about 15 minutes and everyone was gathered around watching them kiss. Weird when I think about it now. But they seemed to be enjoying themselves and uh, the crowd enjoyed it. So, yeah, entertainment. And then the final one for this month is called Talking Early. This is about the early stages of talking. I wish I could have thought about my first words more or waited to talk until I felt more confident with talking instead of just making stupid sounds that I imagine I was making. Like, ah. Maybe I could have practiced quietly on my own when my parents were asleep. Just, you know, practicing how to talk and, and then surprising them with a complete sentence. Okay, that's it for this month. I hope you enjoy the episodes and uh, thanks for listening. Cheers. A new reflection. Clint Eastwood has started appearing in my bathroom mirror in the morning, asking me if I feel lucky. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Uh, yes, I do, actually, Clint, and thanks for asking me the same question as you did yesterday and the day before that. These daily reminders to check in with myself on the morning, they're really helping me to focus and to not take anything for granted. He just looks back at me, waiting for me to elaborate. Uh, well, Clint, I, I guess you want me to expand on how I feel lucky. Well, I appreciate the fact that there's some food in the fridge and we've got water on tap and I'm motivated to work due to the fact that my brain hasn't turned against me as of yet and my heart is in the right place because I keep it there through trying my best to listen to others. I was born into a good family. I'm lucky that I have parents who love me and I love them and I'm more than happy to remind myself of that on the morning. So thank you for the reminders. You know, Clint, it it is helpful that you look at me like that and point the gun at me as if to say that if I don't feel lucky and I don't try to help others and be polite to people, you're going to create a crime scene in my bathroom. It's difficult to feel lucky all the time, though, isn't it? To be honest, does luck really exist? I like the quote attributed to Roman philosopher Seneca, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Well, it was either Seneca or Ivanka Trump, depending on which website you look at. Do you agree with that quote? Clint? I'm guessing by the way you've pulled the hammer back on your 44 Magnum that you might not be fully on board with that. Well, a lot of people have also said the harder you work, the luckier you get. No? Okay, no. Okay, well, I'm going to go and get on with my day now, so... Oh, before I go, one of my sister's oldest friends is called Julie Eastwood. Lives near York. Any relation? No? Okay, well, see you tomorrow probably, but I'll try my best today, yeah? He looks at me and says, Go ahead. Make my day. The Egg Debate What's your favourite use for an egg? Ooh, uh, a pisco sour. No, come on, it has to be a whiskey sour. Whiskey sour for me, definitely. Ah, I like a fried egg sandwich. 
Really? Well, I think eggs do a lot for the lemon meringue pie, actually. Oh, yeah, the sweet, brittle peak of the yellow bottom beauty. No, it has to be scrambled egg. Butter, salt and pepper stirred over a low heat, served on fresh sourdough on a Saturday morning with a pot of coffee. The beans are expensive and off the internet. Oh, I like a poached egg. That's my favourite use for an egg. Well, either that or conception, birth, the human race, sperm hitting egg, the miracle of life itself, beaks breaking through shells from the inside, less so bowl rims cracking into shells from outside, but don't get me wrong, I like a poached egg and the use of an egg in the chicken and egg debate. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Not sure. Why did the chicken cross the road to get away from the person who was asking the chicken the what came first, the chicken or the egg question? Leave me alone, mate. I don't have the answer. Come on. If anyone has the answer to the chicken and the egg question, it should be a chicken. And the chicken, now on the other side of the road, shouts, Oh yeah, well, what came first for you? The human or the human egg. Why is it always chickens that get lumbered with the what came first question? Loads of other stuff have eggs. Red arrows to my head. I saw the red arrows from my bedroom window. I don't live particularly high up, but they were flying unusually low. Not near the ground, but high enough to think. Are they normally that low? Low Low-flying aircraft have the same effect on me now as they did when I was a child. Feels like a treat. The red arrows trigger a slightly different thought process. What's that for, then? What's happening on the ground to make that take place in the sky? Probably something to do with the Queen. What's the occasion? I didn't know there was an occasion happening today. There is always an occasion happening somewhere on the planet. Birthday, retirement, wedding. Only a few occasions are eligible to receive the Red Arrows treatment though. Those planes certainly do enjoy a lot of downtime. Sometimes low-key events take place in my life that I think are deserving of the ceremony that Red Arrows bring to an occasion. Someone's left a pound in the trolley at the supermarket. I look up to the sky. Nothing. In Victoria Park, two ducks mingle with a squabble of pigeons next to the lake. A squirrel joins them, and it begins to resemble the illustrated diagram of the wildlife you see before entering a park. Not a plane in sight. I guess the red arrows need a bit of notice. They are not as instant as an emotion. I look at the red arrows and well-spoken people and months of preparation come to mind. It's not just a man who won the biggest lottery jackpot in history and bought his mates the same plane and flying lessons. I've won the ultimate rollover lottery. What are you going to do with the money? I'm going to get me and nine mates flying lessons and then I'm going to buy planes that the Red Arrows use and we're going to fly over London on a Thursday afternoon for no reason and everyone will think it's a royal occasion but it'll just be me and my mates pretending to be the Red Arrows and the Queen will be really confused 
and then we're going to do flyovers at people's weddings who haven't got that much money and we're going to do it for free. Memory Diffusion I imagine most people have a memory from school of a question they unexpectedly got right. A question where no hands had gone up and you gave it a go and the teacher was pleased because it was out of character for you to put your hand up to answer a question and produce the correct answer. My answer came in an afternoon chemistry lesson. I was in the middle set for science, a set that included a boy who took it upon himself to draw complex-looking scientific diagrams on each side of the blackboard before the teacher arrived and proceeded to write, please leave, in every corner of the blackboard. In the lesson I can remember, we were learning about diffusion and the movement of a substance from an area of high concentration to an area of low concentration. The teacher, Miss Willie, who received a relatively low level of abuse despite her name, had arranged several glass beakers on the front desk and was holding a test tube with what looked like red food colouring in it. The question was something along the lines of, if I put a tiny drop of food dye into this water and began replacing the water with dye in it with water without dye in it, how long would the dye stay in the water for? I put my hand up and said, Forever! And Miss Willie said, Yes, that's right, Robert. No matter how much you try to flush out the colouring, there will always be a trace of it present unless you empty out the liquid completely. The logic was something I could get on board with. I carry that lesson with me. Just like all the people who have ever lived, no matter how much they decompose, there will always be a minuscule trace of them on earth. Despite our physical existence disappearing, there will always be something of us here, just like the food diet in the water. We were on the planet once, so we will always have a presence. Unfortunately, I don't have a teacher to tell me if that's the right or wrong answer anymore. I have to feel things out for myself. The traces of the unknown will always be present for me, and I am thankful for that. Talking early. I wish I'd been able to speak when I was first born. I would have opened my eyes, yawned, stretched and said, What time is it? And my mum would have probably said, I haven't got my watch on Robert. She'd have called me Robert because she hadn't started calling me Rob because she didn't know me well enough yet. I've just been giving birth to you, you little dipstick, and my body clock's completely broken because I've had to compete with you growing yourself inside me from scratch for the last nine months, and your body clock may as well be an alarm clock, Rob. <sighs> can I call you Rob now? Yeah, of course you can, Mum. Okay, well, I'm here now. You've been expecting me, haven't you? Well, what are we doing? 
What's the itinerary? Come on, I'm not getting any younger. I can't. You made any plans? You can't just have had me and hope for the best. Oh, that's what everyone does, is it? Fair enough. Look, there's no rush, Rob. But Mum, the future is vital. It is the backbone of our tomorrow. I want to have a guaranteed number of lifetime hours each week. You will, Rob. Me and your dad will see to that. If only I could have written a diary entry on the first day of my life. Diary entry. 24th of the 9th, 82. Dear diary, it's 8.50pm on Friday night and I've just been born. With the whole weekend in front of me, as well as my entire life. It feels great being born on a Friday night. I guess I need to start getting ready. I'd like my funeral to be on a Friday night. Service at 7pm. Wake until late. At least then it'll be Saturday the next day for everybody else. People won't have to worry about work in the morning. They can concentrate on morning in the morning. I don't need to think about that yet. Yesterday, I didn't officially exist. I have actually been crying quite a lot so far. It's not that I don't want to be here, it's just that, at the moment, it's the only thing I know how to do with any real conviction. My first day on earth and it's my birthday. What a coincidence! I'm not going to go out tonight because I don't know how yet. I can't see any party preparations. Maybe it's going to be a surprise. Just like I was. It would just be family anyway because when you're first born, you only have family. Instant family. Just add life. I wonder what my parents will want me to do with my time. Make the most of it, presumably. That's what all parents want for their children, isn't it? I owe it to them to try to enjoy it. I heard a lady say, It's a boy! So I guess that's what I am. I'm not sure what the plan for tomorrow is yet. I'll just take it one day at a time. I can't really remember yesterday. This time last month's even more fuzzy. Six months ago was a real blur. Ten months ago... My heart is beating, which is absolutely fantastic. Wow! What an encouraging organ. Keep going, will you? Unbelievable the support you've shown me so far. We'll never meet in the flesh, I hope, but thanks for everything. Don't know when that fired up. Can't have been a gradual thing, can it? Not beating, not beating, not beating, not beating, beating a bit. Mmm, beating. Or is it the sound of a heart machine when a heart stops, but in reverse? So it had been... For all eternity. Then I came along and it went... Or is it sperm hits egg, boom, beating heart? How did I develop before I had a beating heart when I was just cells? Google it. I don't know what Google is yet. It's 1982. Haven't seen myself in the mirror yet. I wonder what I will look like when I'm a full day old. I hope I don't look too old when I'm a day old. A day is a very long time when you're only five minutes old.